Welcome to C3 Church, Queens Beach. We believe Jesus Christ gives life to the full and we are called to live it and share it. We pray you enjoyed this message today. What does a thief, a stranger and a hired hand have in common? Sounds a bit like a joke, right? Thief, stranger, hired hand, walk into a bar. Well, what they have in common is they are all used by Jesus to describe the Pharisees in John chapter 10. And by extension, what Jesus is saying is he's describing what living out of a religious framework looks and feels like. Have you ever felt confused about where you stand in relation to God, to who he is, how to relate to him, what he wants from us? Across my Christian journey, I've definitely had those moments of not knowing where I stand with God. But today I want to help clear some things up for all of us. I want to unpack Jesus's very words in John chapter 10 as he describes what true faith is all about, what true life is all about by comparing it to what it's not. And this is a great chapter. This is the very chapter that our church purpose statement comes from. Jesus gives life to the full and we're called to live it and share it. And so this is who you and I are called to be. It's not about thieves and strangers and robbers. It's about a good shepherd and his sheep. A good shepherd named Jesus And sheep named you and I. Put your name in it right now. You are a sheep. And it's only this good shepherd, only Jesus, who gives life to the full. Wasn't the Real Jesus series just so brilliant as we unpacked the seven miracles of Jesus in the book of John? He is transformer. He turns water into wine. He is limitless. He heals the official son from a distance as well as an invalid. He is catalyst. He feeds 5,000 men plus women and children. He is preeminent. He walks on water. He's illuminator. He heals the blind man. He is life. He resurrects Lazarus. And these characteristics of the real Jesus, they're incredible. They're mind-blowing. But as a result, they can also feel distant. We can struggle to really connect with those characteristics of Jesus because of the magnitude of them. And we can struggle to make Jesus personal. But this is where the shepherd and the sheep picture comes into play. The reality of who Jesus is, the reality of what he's calling us to, it comes alive in us and for us, not out of a religious framework, but out of a relational framework. In a relationship, the goal is intimacy. It's about opening up letting others in, building trust and dependency and developing communication. And as relationship is formed between the good shepherd, Jesus, and the sheep, you and I, pathways open up, provision comes, protection is given, 
And it's in the context of this relationship that life is not only preserved, but life is imparted more and more. And in the context of this picture, the sheep have this mentality, I'm not able to survive, let alone thrive outside of this relationship. My life depends on this relationship. And that is the desired picture that God has for humanity. And so we're going to read a good chunk of John chapter 10 right now. And because I get tired reading, I've asked my beautiful wife, Pastor Karen, to come. Hello. Hi, babe. And Hi, you're, Chet. You're going to come and read for us. I am. Go Here for we it. go. John chapter 10 from verse 1. Very truly, I tell you, Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate, but climbs in by some other way is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech, but the Pharisees did not understand what he was telling them. Therefore, Jesus said again, Very truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the father knows me and I know the father and I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. The reason my father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. This command I received from my father. Thanks, babe. You're welcome. See ya. Jesus first connects a religious framework with thieves and robbers. I wonder what comes to your mind when you think of a thief or a robber. What comes to my mind is when we lived in Kalgoorlie, I was in primary school, and uh, we were coming back from holidays in Esperance. Esperance was the closest beach, four hours away, and we were there for school holidays. We were coming back, and we lived in this flat that was connected to a hostel for teenagers who had gotten into trouble. You know, kids out there, when you get into trouble from your parents and your parents kind of make that threat, I'll send you to juvie. It was kind of like juvie. (laughs) 
And so my parents actually run, ran the hostel. And anyway, we came back to find that the place had been ransacked. People had not just broken in and, and stolen things, but they had made a mess. They'd thrown our gear all over the place. They'd turned off the power so that the fridge and the freezers had defrosted. And man, the smell was so bad. As my son Harry would say, it was manky. Anyway, I ran into my room, uh, desperately searching for this $20 note that I'd been given for Christmas. I don't know why that was, that, that, that was the thing I was looking for. I searched my whole room and the $20 note was gone. It had been taken. I remember sitting on my bed and just crying. I felt dirty. I, I felt exposed. I felt empty. And that's how thieves and robbers make us feel. Thieves and robbers take, they restrict, they disempower, they control, they play to their own rules. And Jesus says when it comes to being close to God, to belonging to him, to being in his sheepfold, our religious framework doesn't give, it takes, it restricts, it disempowers. It's all about control and making up the rules for ourselves. It's so ironic that Jesus alludes to the Pharisees lawlessly leaping over the pen fence to get into the sheepfold instead of going through the gate. These people, they were sticklers for the rules. They thought that they knew what they were talking about. Yet Jesus was saying that their framework, a religious framework, was as lawless as everyone else. Compare this to a relational framework. Jesus says, I am the gate. I am the legitimate way in. You don't need to take matters into your own hands. You don't need to manufacture your own way. The way has already been made. There's already authority being given to us going through that way. And Jesus is the way. He is the way to relationship with God, to intimacy with Him, to access to the presence of God, access to purpose, to a sense of belonging, and to life to the full. And it's in this season, we may have been unsettled with not having some of the routines that we were used to in the past, physically gathering in a church building each week, going to someone's house physically for connect group. And this is the wonderful thing about a relational framework. Our faith, your faith, is not solely tied to a building. It's not solely tied to a program. And yes, whilst physically gathering together is precious, it's beautiful. God's bigger. The good shepherd is near. He's always by our side and through Jesus, by the power of the indwelt spirit of God on the inside of us. This relationship kabooms. It opens up anytime, anywhere, through any means. That's true freedom. That's life giving. You and I aren't stuck. We're not restricted, but we are empowered in that relationship. Jesus is the gate. He is the way. And so let's think of ways that we can invite Jesus near in our everyday lives. Maybe it's putting on praise and worship during the housework. Maybe it's reading the Gospel of John uh, on the train or the bus on the way to, to school or university or work. 
Maybe it's praying during our exercise. He is the gateway to freedom and life to the full. Let's invite him in. Next, Jesus links strangers with a religious framework. And I know we're called to be kind to everyone, whether we know them or not, and I try to, try to do that. But let's be honest. There are some situations where we find ourselves in with strangers that are a bit awkward, right? I, two of these come to mind. Sitting next to a stranger on a plane. I'm sorry, but that's really awkward. You're just, you're so close. And, and I'm cool at making small talk, but where, where's the, you know, wh- where do you start? Where do you stop? What's the protocol? What are the conditions? How long do you have to talk to this person if clearly they don't really want to talk to you? Uh, you know, I, I'm prone to just trying to connect with strangers on a plane and just saying really silly things like, where are you heading, mate? And they kind of answer, same place as you, dude. Or they're watching a movie, let's say they're watching Avengers and they've got the headphones on and I tap them on the shoulder and go, Avengers, hey, good movie. And they're kind of like, dude, can you just back off? I just, I'd like someone to tell me what the protocol is with chatting to strangers. What's the polite length of time to chat to strangers that you're sitting next to on a plane? The other situation where it's really awkward with strangers is dancing. Now, I don't like dancing at the best of times, but a long time ago, a long time ago, before we had kids, my beautiful wife, Karen, who you saw earlier, who I'm still married to, she talked me into ballroom dancing classes. I still, to this day, do not know how I got talked into doing ballroom dancing classes, but we did it. So we went and it was awkward, man. And so you you start dancing with each other and then the instructor says okay time to rotate no all of a sudden i am dancing i am this close to a stranger i'm holding their hands i'm holding the arch of their shoulder shoulder or back i don't know where I'm, it's got to be appropriate but i don't know where i'm um, my hands are but it is awkward. You don't know where to put your face. Like you, you can't look at them in the eyes because you're so close. And so you're kind of looking out in the distance and you're looking for a hole basically to leap into. Why does it feel so awkward? A stranger's not familiar. A stranger's not known. There's no relationship. It feels uncomfortable because we're not sure where we stand with a stranger. We don't know a stranger and so we keep them at a distance until we know them. What Jesus is saying is that living out of a religious framework, it looks and it feels impersonal. It's going to be based on function, what we do as opposed to a living, breathing relationship. And the reality is some of us prefer this. We may be scared of intimacy or we may be scarred from previous attempts at intimacy and so we're not willing to share we're not willing to open up and we can at times therefore be stuck in this intellectual framework of our faith or a works-based faith it's safer we can control it but the reality is the awkwardness is still going to be there the feeling of being a stranger in the presence of God will continue we'll never know where we stand 
And we'll see others with this sense of vibrance and this sense of being close to God. And we're like, why don't we have that? We'll have this constant urge to run, to keep God at a distance. And we may pray, we may read the Bible, but never hear from God. There seems to be this disconnect. Well, the great news is there's another way, the way. Jesus, as the good shepherd, is relational. His sheep hear his voice. And there's this familiarity, there's this closeness, there's this clear line of communication. The, the sheep are surrendered to the shepherd emotionally, emotion, emotionally and passionately. I think I've put those two together. Passionately surrendered to the shepherd. The sheep want to get closer because they know only Jesus, only the shepherd can give them life to the full that they desire. If God feels like a stranger, even after years of being a Christian, maybe we've been living out of a religious framework. Can I encourage you? Take a risk. Take a step. Take a leap in closer to God. Surrender all the good, all the bad of your life. Give God a chance to come close and show his love to you. Simple daily prayers, simple reading of the word to get to know God more and more. Lastly, Jesus talks about the Pharisees as hired hands, people who are paid to do their job. Now, there's nothing wrong with getting paid to do your job. I remember working my first casual job at Kmart back in 1996, Kmart Warwick, place to be. That shopping centre. I was in toys and sporting goods. How cool is that for a teenager? And when I was doing my shift, I was on. I was motivated to do my job. I was picking up the stock off the floor. I was making sure the shelves were neat. I was making sure customers were looked after. I was motivated. Now, I don't work for Kmart. But I still go to Kmart Warwick now and again. When I go in there... I'm not really motivated to pick up stock, to clean the shelves. I'm not going up to customers and saying, how can I help? That would be really weird. I'm not working there. My interest in Kmart was conditional. It was based on the fact that I was getting paid to be interested in Kmart. Now, I love Kmart. I'm not going to go into Kmart and start running amok and throwing stuff all over the place. But I'm not invested in Kmart. It's conditional. And Jesus is saying that viewing God with a religious framework will always be conditional. It will always be about convenience, about what am I getting out of it. Preference will overrule conviction. And when things get hard or things don't work out, we'll be out the door. And this can seep into how we view God. Oh, he only loves us if we do the right thing, if we rock up to church, if we are on church online, if we're reading our Bible and praying. He's only going to love us when we're performing. We can, it can seep into our minds that his love and his grace is conditional. No, that's not right. Jesus is the good shepherd who is all in. He lays down everything, his entire life, 
willingly for his sheep, for you and I. And out of the security of knowing his love and grace are unconditional, you and I, we his sheep, we can be all in. Jesus isn't going anywhere. He's permanent. His love is permanent. His life to the full is permanent, despite how things look for us. In temptation, he overcame. In persecution, Jesus overcame. In the plots and the wrongful trial, Jesus overcame. In the humiliation and the beating, he overcame. In death, he overcame. And as a result, so do you and I. Jesus is alive. Jesus is life itself. And he wants us to share in this life to the full that he brought forth. And we don't earn it. We can't earn it. We accept it. We lean in. We come near. We open up. We build that sense of trust. We build that relationship with him as we see him more and more. And Pastor Jace encouraged us that over the next month, let's leap into the Gospel of John. And let's come reading that with this prayer found in John 20, 31. Let me see the real Jesus. Let, let life to the full come alive in me more and more. Only Jesus gives life to the full. Church, this is who you and I are called to be. Called to live and called to share. Let me pray. Jesus, I pray today that you would help us to see you as you really are. Help us to let go of a religious framework and lead us into an intimate, beautiful, growing relationship with you. Let life to the full bubble up and flow out of our lives each day we connect with you. In Jesus' name, amen. And if you're tuning in today and you know that you've been viewing God in a, with a religious framework, but you know today you want to begin or maybe restart a personal relationship with God, you can do that today. Where you are right now, where you're viewing this, you can simply pray a prayer. Jesus, I believe that you are God. Come into my life. Be my Lord and Saviour. Forgive me for my sin. Pour out your love in Jesus' name. And once you've decided to do that, we want to uh, come alongside you and help you as a church community. It's an amazing decision that you're making today. And so you can head to our church website and you can click on the I've Decided to Follow Jesus page. And there's a video there unpacking what it means to come in a relationship with Jesus and there's some information there and you can fill in your details, send it out and someone from our team will be in touch with you to come alongside you and encourage you on your journey. God bless. Thanks so much for joining us today on this podcast. We encourage you to let this word further help you live and share the life to the full that Jesus gives. If you want to check out more of our upcoming events, service times, locations, or to give online, head to c3hh.com.au forward slash give.